left her and her children, taking most of their earnings with him. The home was meant for a two-income family and has created a situation where she is barely able to turn the heat on. When her daughter was asked what she wanted for Christmas, she said she isn't making a list or asking for anything because she doesn't want to make her mom feel bad. This family deserves help. If you'd like to donate to the Christmas Wish program, visit sharedmedia.com, click on our Christmas Wish banner, and if you could donate, that would be awesome. Thank you to our community partners, Alice Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, Wyoming Corporate Office, and Odell Construction. Thank you. Have you been to SheridanCommercial.com? Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. I invite you to explore and compare prices of our wide selection of quality office supply products by going online to SheridanCommercial.com. That's SheridanCommercial.com. Plus, we carry a line of office supplies in our store for your everyday needs. The Sheridan Commercial Company Office Supply Department at 303 Broadway or explore over 42,000 items online at SheridanCommercial.com. You grunt and groan every time you stand, bend, or reach. Aching bones and aching joints, they're not just painful, they're noisy. But seriously, for some, aching joints are debilitating. The specialists at Sheridan Ortho work tirelessly to end your aches and pains. From advanced hand and upper extremity surgery, to computer-navigated spine surgery, to complex sports medicine like hip arthroscopy, you're in good hands. Sheridan Orthopedics, serving Sheridan and the surrounding areas for over 50 years. Visit SheridanOrtho.com. Same-day appointments may be available. ERA Carroll Realty and Sheridan County Title bring you the 6th Annual Hometown Shopping Sweepstakes. This is your chance to win hundreds in gift certificates and chamber bucks from our Sheridan and Buffalo merchants. Shop local first, all across the area, shop here first. Three winners will receive gift certificates to stores like Bighorn Mountain Chiropractic, Southside Grill, Centennial Theaters, Rose Petal Beauty, Sheridan Stationery, Gym Aesthetics, Kilpatrick Creations, Muddy Paw Prints, and Landon's Greenhouse and Nursery. Just go to the contest page at SheridanMedia.com. You can enter one time each day through December 14th. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, First Federal Bank and Trust, located here in Sheridan, is going to donate $1,000 a week for 52 weeks to a 501c3 or a qualified nonprofit right here in Sheridan County. That's $1,000 a week for 52 weeks, folks. And this morning I am joined by First Federal Bank and Trust President and CEO Kevin Bailey, an EVP Chief Commercial Lending Officer, DJ Deercorn. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Now, uh, the, the weekly donations that will be made are, are great and, and inspiring, uh, especially, you know, no offense, but coming from a bank. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and we'll talk about those uh, in a little bit. 
But first, tell me a little bit about First Federal Bank and Trust so that we can get to know who you are as an organization. Yeah, thanks, Floyd. Thanks for having us this morning, too. Um, We're in our 88th year of operation. Uh, We started here in Sheridan, Wyoming. Uh, We are uh, a mutual bank, and uh, we are a community bank fully committed to supporting our community. And we offer a full range of banking services, commercial lending, mortgage lending, consumer lending, trust investment services, and, of course, our retail or deposit uh, services, too. Now, when it comes to when the institution was founded, 1935, uh, I had a question. You and I discussed this a little bit. This was in the middle of the Great Depression. Uh, it it kind of surprised me that a bank was founded during this time period. Um, is there a story surrounding the founding of the bank? Well, I'm not sure how much it connects to the Great Depression, um, but the bank was founded to take deposits and make home loans for the people of Sheridan, Wyoming. And uh, it was started by a group of local businessmen, and we have been going since. Oh, so this isn't one individual. A group of individuals came together and made this decision, we're going to start a bank. Now, when it comes to uh, the principles that guide the bank, what are those, and how do we get from being a a banker to making great donations to to the community? Well, it it might be surprising to some folks, but our mission statement is actually to help support and improve the lives of our staff, customers, and communities. That's our mission statement. That's where we start from. That's where we, we go to work every day, and we're trying to fulfill that mission. Now, how are the values reflected in your policies and your practices at the bank? How, how are you different from everybody else? You know, we, we, we have a list of organizational values, and, and I've already mentioned our mission statement. And maybe the best way that I can express it, and DJ sure can jump in here too, but before I came to work for First Federal, which was about 17 years ago, I worked for a very large banking institution and they had some of the similar organizational values and said some of the same, similar things, but they were stock-owned banks. And really, at the end of the day, we were asked to make as much money as we can to increase the shareholder. And that's kind of the value. image that people yeah. think of a bank, right? Yeah. Like, it, right. it's the first thing to come to mind. Right. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, this is we live in America. It is a business. It's, it's, it's a business. But we happen to be a mutual bank, and we don't, don't have shareholders. So we really focus on taking care of people, and we try to live that every day. So when it comes to a mutual bank, yeah, I'm not going to answer to shareholders. I don't answer to an owner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who who are we working for here? Well, we have a board of of, uh, directors, and they're all local folks, local business folks, um, who, who I answer to personally, but our entire bank does. And they're a great group of folks who, who embrace our, our mission and our organizational values. They're part of the community, um, and so we answer to them. But we are a nationally chartered bank, actually, uh, First Federal. We're here in Sheridan, Wyoming, but we can do business anywhere in the country. And we're regulated, just like the other banks are, by uh, the, the national or the federal banking regulatory bodies. And, and uh, so our oversight is from our, our, our board of directors, uh, primarily. And... Um, 
a mutual bank is technically owned by your depositors, but they're not shareholders. It's really a community-focused organization, community-focused bank. By the way, there are only two in Wyoming, and then there's one in Montana, so there's not many of them around. Wow, yeah. See, this is all kind of a, an, I wouldn't say alien concept, but a, a, something new to me, because when I think of bankers, I kind of go back to the traditional, well, they're here to make and protect money. That's founding principles of banking. And I don't think that's unique to anybody else either. I mean, our, our bank is very much that same way. You know, uh, we're here to, to be stewards of, of our institution, you know, and our depositors' money. But at the same time, our returnings, you know, our re- returns and earnings, we can then focus more so on community reinvestment, uh, you know. And so that's what, what separates us more so is we have that ability to, uh, to turn around, take those um, those earnings and, and where we can't make a capital call, you know, from that family or from those stockholders, uh, we have to retain all those earnings and, and we can, you know, wisely invest those in our community into the 501c3s and nonprofit organizations that we see fit. And, you know, we like to, to do so and we've done so for a long time with those that align with our values and so forth. Um, you know, this is a unique uh, program that we're starting where, you know, we're opening it up to, to any, any 501c3 and, and we've always been open to, to sharing within the community. And this is a little more public, uh, opening to say, Hey, this is, this is something you can be a part of as well. Um, the bank is healthy and doing well, and it's a result of a healthy community. And we feel really, you know, uh, honored and, and fortunate to be able to turn around and share this type of, of health within the community and, and reinvest and just rise the tide for all the ships that are here. It's one of those situations where, the better the community does, the better the the bank does. Um, you know, we'd much rather have uh, snow globes and windows as opposed to boards and cardboard. You know, uh, right. it, everyone's going to profit <clears throat> off of each other. Now, uh, real quick, DJ, what does EVP stand for? Uh, it's some glorified title. I'm not really positive. <laughs> uh, I think it's got a meaning. I uh, love your candor. Thank you. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not not a big title guy, but it's <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm fortunate to to be in the position that I have. So DJ is very humble, um, but he's uh, one of our two executive vice presidents. That's what the UVP is. Oh executive wow! Vice presidents at the bank, and uh, him and uh, James Wilkerson were appointed that a few months ago, and they're doing a great job uh, of leadership and within First Federal. Now, as as a, a leader in, in the banking industry, how do you see the values of the organization itself, or how do you use those in your daily practices uh, during your business? Sure. I mean, it, you know, you think about the things that, that we've touched on so far in serving our, our staff and community and so forth, and honesty and integrity and, you know, transparency, those things that help uh, any um, relationship, you know, grow and work, you know, banking is relationship development. That's really all it is. And, um, the better we understand our customers and the better they understand us, you know, the, the more, you know, um, progress we can make together, you know? And so we, we lean into those organizational values of trust and honesty and integrity. And, you know, we've, we've had to have a fair bit of resilience the last few years, given the COVID pandemic and what that's done to, to the business communities and so forth. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's working with people and the, all those skill sets that it takes to, to work closely with people and understand their hardships and, uh, their dreams, uh, and so forth and be able to make them a reality and help come alongside them to promote those objectives and missions is, is, is what it takes and what it is. How did the COVID pandemic affect 
the banking industry. Uh, did you see uh, kind of the the financial losses across the board that a lot of people did as an industry or, or was the banking industry able to sustain themselves through this pretty well? You know, I think the banking industry as a whole sustained pretty well, but one of the key parts of that Floyd was the, what we called the PPP lending program. And, you know, but I'll have DJ talk about that because he oversaw that program here in a second, but locally here in uh, Sheridan and this area in general, we, we're, we tend to be very resilient people, and folks did fairly well. I mean, it was a challenging time to, to navigate, but I think we, we held together very well as a community and supported each other. And, and you know, at First Federal, we, we continued providing our services and, and, and chugging along. But I think a really key part of that was this PPP program, which, uh, DJ, why don't you jump in since you ran that program at the bank? Yeah, yeah. was that... Uh- successful in our area? Yeah, it was very successful. Um, and, and many of the banks came together. I know, um, you know, there were several of us, um, that we work closely with in this, in the local banking community that put our heads together at, at, at different periods of time, waiting from, you know, news and rules and things to come out on the program. And what we basically did was just kind of dig in, stayed in our offices, tried to keep isolated. Cause of course that was a big, you know, part of the whole pandemic right, thing, right. do our work and, and create, um, a bit of a streamlined process to be able to get these funds out the door, uh, on behalf of the federal government, um, you know, to the, uh, to the various companies that were in need and, and that could support, you know, the, um, the elements of the program and so forth. And those, those rules continued to change. Um, you know, we, like I said, we, we kept our heads close with some of the other bankers in the community and, just did the best we could um, to get that that program as as fruitful and so forth into the into the hands of the the business owners here, and it worked well uh, to differentiate ourselves. You know, those other small banks along with us, we were able to set ourselves aside from the big banks that said we're only going to do so much, and then we're going to close it off. We saw a number of of uh, clients come in from other banks that weren't customers of ours on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, saying we, we need this help. We don't know what our future looks like. And there was all that uncertainty and, um, we didn't know what that future looked like either, but we had a program and we had a tool. So we, we just put it to use and, um, it benefited us greatly, um, because we were able to bridge some gaps that some of those bigger banks, uh, couldn't do, um, or refuse to do, I guess. Um, you know, they may have been able to do something, but some of them chose not to do all that much shouldn't say all that much. It was several million and billions of dollars ultimately that they did. But when you're, um, when you're that one individual that, that may or may not get that loan, it's pretty important to you whether or not you're on this list or that list. So we, we worked our tails off for two, three weeks there at the early onset to make that program go. And then there were several rounds that came back around that we were able to, uh, kind of wind up our process and make it go again when, when the times came for it. And, um, but in all, it was a good program for us. Um, it stressed us, but uh, it was a stressful time, and that resilience to, to Kevin's comment came through um, uh, in shining light for us to to be able to proceed. So, and when you were doing all of this, what was the biggest challenge that you faced uh, in in the decision making process of of this entire pandemic and that program? Just probably a lot of uncertainty. Um, the rules weren't real clear right off the bat. And so we were kind of just shooting from the hip and kind of saying, you know, let's just kind of follow the spirit of what we believe this is intended to be um, to the best of our ability, you know, and, and work within those rules and frameworks as best as we could. 
Um, you know, I don't remember a lot of denials through that loan program process. There, there may have been a few and we were had to, we, we had to be very careful about who was coming to us out of area. We did get some out of area things that we didn't know these borrowers. And, and yeah. that's a big part of banking is, is knowing your customer. Um, and so we kind of thought, you know, this is an opportunity for fraud. Anytime you've got access to, to money, that's very loosely, you know, <laughs> where the and, rules are changing all the time. Yeah, yeah. So we were, we were trying to be, you know, stewards of that program in, in an appropriate way. And I think I, I haven't read all the news about the, the amounts of fraud that took place through that program, but it was a significant number. Um, and you know, we did our best to not be involved in any of those, um, uh, types of deals, but, uh, just, just make that program go with very little information was the hard part. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I've spoken to a couple business owners, um, through the pandemic and, and that time period. And the majority of them had that same comment. Mm-hmm. Boy, I wish they'd come up with some solid rules. Everything is changing. Uh, it seemed like almost on a daily basis at one point, kind of during the height of the whole thing. And that has got to be frustrating, especially from someone who is whose job is to lend this or give this money out, right. prevent fraud. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got so many different questions coming your way where... Where do you go to get the answer? Yeah, it was it was a tough tough time, and we we all stayed close to our systems and you know the uh, the outlets that we rely on for that information, and just did the best we could. And I did I do like what you said about the the relationships. Building those relationships mm-hmm. is key to knowing who you're lending to, and and so and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this, but what was say your best practice or your best policy for trying to vet some of these individuals that were coming to you from out of the area? Uh, you know, we have some tools and resources at our disposal to try and do so. Um, but you know, back to our kind of origination, we served Sheridan and Johnson County here for, uh, you know, the inception of our bank. So that was our primary market that we were looking to help focus on. And really, if if you had a, a meaningful purpose in our area, we could we could easily identify that. We know we know the surrounding community well. So it was it was a matter of does anybody really anybody know who it is that we're working with here? Do you have a meaningful presence here in our community? Because our our job first and foremost as a community institution is to take care of our community. And mm-hmm. this program, you know, is is a direct reflection of that. The way we did the PPP program, the way we do, um, you know, our, our decision making is is through that mission statement. And at the end of the day, that community is what we needed to serve. And uh, so we, we just kind of backed up and said, that's not a person in our local community. Try to find an institution that's local to you. There were some connections that were made, you know, uh, a parent of a, of a business person that had another business in another location. If it worked for us and we had the time, we would try to work those through uh, through the, the program because we are a federally chartered bank. We could do that, but that wasn't something we were just going to do, you know, for anybody. It was well, we we know this person and that's that's a family member, so that that right. you know indirect connection may be able to be made. But these people we had no connection with, not local to our market in any way, no connection. We we just said we're we're sorry, we're not able to help you. Try your local, you know, community institutions there. Um, in most cases, they were from larger, uh, larger metro areas, uh, from what I remember. So it was, it was kind of like, you, you've got to have some banks in your backyard. Right. Yeah. yeah. One, I don't know how you found us, uh, but we may not be your bank this time. So, you know, I, through the entire thing, I, I never once considered the, the stress and the pressure that was on bankers. 
I mean, the money's got to go through your institution. And, and that had to be a very stressful time in your life. Since that has somewhat concluded, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to go too far and say that it has, <laughs> but the, we so, hope the programs oh, are over. Those, yeah, those were a nightmare. Yeah. Because and that was that's <clears> kind of my question: Has does it seem like the waters have calmed quite a bit in the, in, in in your industry as you approach uh, the future? You know, it it certainly changed the way a lot of companies do business. Um, you know, the technological advancements that took place, the movement towards robotics, and some of those things. Um, certainly, what it did from a staffing standpoint, and and so to to say if if Industries have really settled back or, you know, normalized, um, I, I think in, in many ways, but it's not maybe how they intended for it to take place where we see the now hiring signs all over, you know, and, and that's a result of what we've heard of, of a lot of people retiring early, a lot of people not recur, you know, returning to the workforce and so forth. Um, you know, and that, I don't think that was, that was, I know that we had a, a workforce shortage prior. We know we had a home, you know, um, what a housing shortage prior and those things. And so it just advanced some of these things so rapidly uh, that, that some companies took advantage of it very well. Some companies were unable to take advantage of it. Uh, and I think, you know, by and large, most of the companies here in town um, pivoted, you know, moved their, moved their business in a way that they could to, to stay viable. And, and I think from the, for the most part, everyone's settled back to a current normal, whatever that, whatever, whatever that, that be. has and, become. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, we're fortunate. Sheridan is still a very healthy community. We're, a, you know, we're a politically uh, open and accepting community and, and um, people keep moving here and, and buying our homes and um, moving in and helping us grow. And that's, that's wonderful. We're, we, we need, we need a growth uh, mindset here to be able to con- continue to stay viable and grow. Absolutely. I've walked a lot of downtown areas in the state of Wyoming, not all of them are as prosperous and, and, and generous as ours is. Um, there's been a lot of places who got hit pretty tough. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Floyd, we were <clears throat> mentioning kind of the stressful part of the PPP program, and we did feel stress, but part of the rewarding factor there was that we really felt we were helping a lot of local businesses survive, particularly in the hospitality industry. Um, and I think we felt a pressure to help, and I do mean this in a good way, actually. We yeah. wanted to make sure that you know, businesses were going to get a chance at this and that they were going to get funding. Um, you know, a lot of the businesses doors just closed and they needed help. And we were, we were, it was part of the stress, but it was also part of the big reward Yeah, to mm-hmm. help our communities out in that way. Some stress is worth every drop of sweat. Exactly. And this is one of those instances. I'll stay late. I'll get this application and I'll do this a little bit longer because it is affecting my community. Yeah. DJ and his team during that time period, uh, they were working weekends and late nights and they were working hard to get it done and getting the job done. All right. On that, when we come back, we'll continue with the CEO and chief commercial lending officer of First Federal Bank and Trust. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Is Wyoming Corporate Office your one-stop shop for everything you need for your Wyoming-based business, LLC, or corporation formulation? Yes. Service of process and mail forwarding services? 
indeed. Fulfill the legal requirements for small businesses based in Wyoming? Absolutely. Wyoming Corporate Office provides the communication between your business and the state, so you don't have to. Learn more by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com today. You know, the pioneers crossed the vast wilderness in covered wagons, yet today a lot of their offspring actually have to set alarms to remind them when to drink water. If you're needing water, all you have to do is call 307 Wildcat Well Service, a local company that specializes in locating water, drilling and pumps, even solar-powered water wells. So for water wells and all that goes with them, look for 307 Wildcat Well Service in the Country Bounty, and you too will have cool, clean water. Water, water. Trim the tree, get more decorations, and do your holiday shopping at Ace Hardware and Connect Home Center. Make a cheerful statement with holiday decor, create a comfortable environment with indoor heating solutions and new lighting, redecorate outside with outdoor furniture and fire pits, give the gift of more tools from brands like DeWalt, Milwaukee, and Craftsman, and enjoy Ace Rewards special offers and sales on many items. There's a lot to see and shop at Ace Hardware and Connect Home Center in Sheridan. Got a chip or need a windshield repaired? Hi, I'm Cindy Wolf. We invite you to stop down at Novus Auto Glass on North Main Street in Sheridan. Jim and I were both born and raised in Sheridan and are proud to continue to run Novus Auto Glass as a locally owned business. Novus Auto Glass has certified technicians to put your windshield concerns at ease. We strive for professional quality work. Novus provides a lifetime and national warranties on all installations. Come down to 347 North Main Street or give us a call at Novus Auto Glass 307-672-0139 for an appointment. Remember when your mom would say, stop crying, or I'll give you a reason to cry about. Well, if you didn't stop till she gave you a reason, then you need the calming that only comes from the health-given things you get at the Health Nut. An organic and healthy soup, salad, smoothie, and sandwich bar. Aisle after aisle of vitamins and supplements plus a healthful grocery store. So stop crying, no matter what the reason, and get healthy and happy at the Health Nut. Located in the 5th Street Mall in Sheridan. The Sheridan County Chamber of Commerce and Sheridan Media invite you to vote in this year's Christmas Stroll People's Choice Lighting and Decorating Contest. Visit SheridanMedia.com to see the list of businesses participating in the contest. Visit each business and check out both their indoor and outdoor decorations. Then vote for your favorite at SheridanMedia.com. You can vote once per day through 11 p.m. on December 11th. For questions, contact the Chamber at 672-2485. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting and with me this morning is the first federal bank and trust president and CEO, Kevin Bailey, and the EVP chief commercial lending officer, DJ Deercorn. Now, First Federal has made a commitment to $1,000 a week for 52 weeks to be donated to a 501c3 or qualified nonprofit right here in Sheridan County. Gentlemen, what is the guiding principle behind this series of donations? And and how do we how did we come to this decision to you know what? We're going to put 1000 bucks a week into somebody's pocket who's doing great for the community. You know, Floyd it goes again back to our our mission statement of really helping people in our our communities and and we really wanted to uh, come up with an idea that would would demonstrate that and and of course, just literally help out our communities. And we're really proud of that. Our entire First Federal team is behind this. 
and we try to live that every day. You know, as far as the idea generation, I'm going to turn it back to DJ because him and his crew are pretty integral in, in this part. So I'll, I'll let DJ talk about the idea formation on it. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, we we all serve various nonprofits. As part of it being in a community institution, you you look for ways to give back among your community. And so many of us sit on boards uh, or committees and so forth within nonprofits around the community and across the state or even the country in some cases. And we all know that the those 501c3s are about their why. You know, what what's our why? What's our mission? And so forth. And, and at the bank, it's really our, our why is to be able to support our community. And this is a great way to to elevate that why. You know, it's uh, when when we've, you know, held those roles on on nonprofit boards, we talk about how do we go out and capture capture money so that we can help, you know, move and advance our mission and our vision. You know, that's that's our that's our whole goal. Well, our bank is not, you know, unique to that same type of thing. How do we how do we capture some 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 more deposits and some more investors and and put that money to work so that our bank can continue to be healthy and then in turn we get to turn that health right back around and invest in our community and we do so by paying our depositors a, a nice healthy rate. Um, and we also wanted to do, you know, a little bit more, uh, uh, public, you know, show of good faith here that, you know, we're, we're behind these nonprofits as well. And we, we realized that those can reach some different missions and some different visions that, uh, that help raise the tide for everyone in the community, um, you know, and, and the various, uh, missions they serve. Uh, so it's, it's, it's exciting for us to be able to just share the health of our institution, the health of our community, um, and, and be a, a part of that reinvestment vehicle back, uh, into the into the the boards and and so forth that are working hard for our people. When it comes to sitting on a board, um, Dr. Ryan Landis uh, teaches an arts administrative class, and within it, he talks about how to build a good board for a nonprofit. And it 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 struck me. He said, "You need to find a banker, and you need to get a banker on that board because they understand money." And money uh, is is so crucial to so many different nonprofits. If I were to become an executive at at the bank, is it part of the practice where you're expected to go out and be on one of these boards? Now, I know a lot of you probably go do it by your own free will, but do you kind of push them and say, you know, maybe sitting on a board would be good for you? Yes, uh, yes, Floyd. And, and I, I probably wouldn't use the word push. It's more to hopefully uh, encourage, motivate, and lead from the front and hopefully demonstrate to the staff that this is important part of our bank. This is important part of our community. I mean, we try to take great care of our community. Our community takes great care of us. And we, we've actually implemented uh, some programs at the bank, uh, for example, all employees can earn an extra three days of vacation by volunteering. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they can earn uh, um, three more days of vacation, and that's uh, very encouraging to the whole entire staff. And we have people from all levels of the bank that are involved in community organizations, and we are very heavily involved around town. And so, yeah, we we encourage and try to provide a structure for people. We you know They can take the time off from work to go – uh, be on their board that week. Mm-hmm. So we try to create that culture within our bank. And uh, create a true community bank, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because once you start sitting on one of these boards, 
You start seeing the reason the board is there in the first place. You start seeing the needs or the service that that board, that that nonprofit provides. Yep. How do we vet our, our nonprofits and 501c3s for this donation sure. process? I think we're trying to keep it real simple. And basically, if you're organized here uh, in, the, in the county, um, you're going to be eligible. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll do some uh, research with the, um, um, oh, the state of Wyoming and just make sure that you're, you're legally organized and that you're a tax-exempt organization. You'll get put into the lottery system and we'll, we'll take it forward. But it, we're trying to keep it very simple. It's not, not going to be that you get thrown out if you, you know, don't agree with our ideologies in one way or another. There's nothing, nothing you, know, you don't have to have a deposit account with us or anything that way. We're just looking to you know, serve, serve a vast majority of our community by taking in everyone that's, that's got a, a nice you know, meaningful presence right here in the county. Now, are you hoping that individuals come to you or have you reached out to all these nonprofits and basically said, you want your name on the list? Yeah, uh, we, we've actually, um, we're going to throw in everyone that we've given money to here in the community for the last three years. They don't have to sign up. We've already got them auto-filled and, and they'll be a part of our, our initial draw um, uh, pool. Uh, but we will reach out. Uh, there's certainly some other nonprofits we haven't had an opportunity to work with. And, and that's just a matter of you know, kind of word of mouth and some of those things to say, hey, I, you know, I know of these folks that they don't, they don't have a relationship with us. Let's, let's get them a, you know, an opportunity to be, uh, to be a recipient of this as well. And, and, you know, provide maybe an opportunity to start that relationship with them. So it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be an active effort as well as uh, just utilizing the resources we've already uh, collected to date too. All right. So you're expanding. I want to touch on this uh, before I let you go. Uh, tell me about the expansion. I've only got uh, maybe two minutes left. Sure. Well, first of all, we've been expanding here in, in Sheridan for the last couple of years pretty significantly. We've, we've uh, uh, our, our banking business has expanded a lot the last three, four years. Uh, we've been very blessed with the community working with us. So we've expanded locally in number of personnel that we have and, and adding staff and adding services. But I believe that what you're mostly touching on, Floyd, is that we are uh, putting up a new bank building in uh, Billings, Montana. The big one. It, it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be a nice size bank building. We've had a, uh, we start up there with a, a mortgage uh, loan office about six years ago, and it's expanded into a full service office up there. Uh, it's on Shiloh Road, We and, and it's gone really well. So we're ready now to take the next step um, and build that building up there. We have 10 staff out of approximately 80 in Billings, um, and we will we will be opening our new building hopefully this coming fall, and we will be um, going into expansion phase as far, far as hiring more people up there and uh, um, helping that community out too. Well, that's fantastic. Best of luck in your expansion. Thank you. Uh, now, uh, Mr. Bailey, Mr. Deercorn, greatly appreciate both of you coming in and speaking with me this morning. And, sir, I greatly appreciate your candor when it came to dealing with that program. Yeah, no problem. Tough job. Thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah, thanks, Lloyd. All right, when we return, we're going to be joined by the Caliph Shriners. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share it. When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. 
They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. Mandy Koltiska from Century 21 BHJ Realty brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Meet Celine. Don't let her gray hairs fool you. She's still a big ball of energy. A bit of a Houdini, though. She must have a secure yard. Our boy Flash is more likely lounging on the couch than moving at any great speed. This kitty is quiet and sweet. Perfect for a slow-paced home. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with Rapp Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call Rapp Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with Rapp Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. Want to save money this holiday season? At Legacy Diamond & Gems, they have a wide selection of beautiful jewelry all on sale up to 50% off. Their total store renovation in 2023 motivates them to sell at discounts like never before. Again, save up to 50% off in-stock items only for a limited time. Hurry into Legacy Diamond & Gems while the selection is at its best and where quality and value are always in style. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. Is your home falling down, dilapidated, dingy, or downright disgusting? Are you wanting to sell but know that no realtor in the right mind would even come and take a look at your home? They would drive by and say goodbye, love. Why your renovation is it out? Get a hold of Devin and he'll come out, take a look, and make you an offer. Quickly, confidentially, and with no judgment. WyoRenovation.com. We buy crappy and make homes happy. Have you been to SheridanCommercial.com? Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. I invite you to explore and compare prices of our wide selection of quality office supply products by going online to SheridanCommercial.com. That's SheridanCommercial.com. Plus, we carry a line of office supplies in our store for your everyday needs. The Sheridan Commercial Company Office Supply Department at 303 Broadway or explore over 42,000 items online at SheridanCommercial.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the Caleb Shriners, Bill Rathburn and Joe Swartz. Good morning, Shriners, and welcome back to the show. Good morning. Uh, today, you guys have got those beautiful. Uh, foot, uh, I'm going to remember the name. Uh, I, actually, I'm not. What kind of hat is that? It's called a fez. Fez, the fez. I'm a Doctor Who fan. I should have known that right off. Yeah, the fez is the distinguishing badge of a noble of the shrine. It really is, and and they're. I will say that they're a little bit bigger than I thought they would be, <laughs> but they are beautifully adorned. Um, the symbol at the top there, Bill. Uh, different than than Joe's, so I've noticed. Uh, is that an office or just the design? That's just the design. Just the design. design. You can switch it up. Right. Well, they're absolutely amazing. Well, and Bill's is a little bit more churched up, if you will. He's a past potentate from 2020, so 
that's the grand poobah of it all. So you get to wear a little bit fancier fez after you go through the paces. I will say, even as a child, I can remember seeing the guys in those hats. And I remember thinking, you know, that it was a great organization. Those are the good guys. And, of course, the cars. You know, jumping out there every parade. You've got bands. You've got cars. It was a good time. So we, uh, we don't just have cars. You you might find him in a wheelchair in a parade sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Motorized wheelchair. The motorized wheelchairs. The lazy boy. <laughs> <laughs> just kicking back. Yeah. That's the way to do a parade, Joe. I've, That's I've done way. it once, and then the batteries died. And, <laughs> and then it, and then it wasn't as fun, right? Because you still got to get that out of there. <laughs> All right. Now, how did the Tunnel of Terror go this year? Did everything go pretty well? Yes, it went very well. You guys had a, a good turnout? Very good turnout this year. That's fantastic. That's good to hear, especially after COVID, everything kind of slowing way down. It's good to know that people were still looking forward to this. They were still waiting for that tunnel to open up. Joe, how'd you do? What, what did you do this year in the tunnel? I was in Costa Rica. Oh, oh! You took a vacation. All right. I thought maybe you'd have like a, a hockey mask on. No, or something I back uh, I was pretty active. I was there for all the setup, and then the first opening night Thursday, I was there, and I just I kind of roamed and just kind of watched things. I didn't want to take too big of an active role in it this year, just because this was the guys' first year without me there, and I kind of spearhead a lot of it. And, but I mean. The guys did great. They had a, I think this was a, as far as a turnout, this was the highest year we've had yet in doing this for five years now. Oh, wow. That's great to hear. So uh, we got a few things we're going to change next year. We had a few unruly kids going through, I guess, from what I was told. So we got some ideas on just kind of need to lay down a few more ground rules for some of the patrons there. So, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I think everybody had a good time from, I mean, Bill would be the one to talk to. I was, I was probably drinking rum on a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stay for opening night, make sure everything's going well, and then hit the beach. Yeah. There you go. All right. So now the Caleb Shrine has a Christmas party coming up, correct? That's correct. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, I'm going to let Joe talk about that because he's been kind of given the mantle of leadership in that area. So, Yeah. I won't be in Costa Rica for this. I'm going to stick around yeah, for this I one. Gotta, I got to hang out for this one. So, uh, this is our annual kids Christmas party. We talked about it a little bit last time we were on here. Um, it's kind of our give back to the community. We, it's a completely free event, open to the public. We invite everybody to bring in their kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, whatever, you know. And they get a chance to come in, see Santa and Mrs. Claus. We do have stockings with toys that we'll give out this year. We did This year we weren't sure about doing the stockings just because of the price increase. But uh, fortunately enough, we had an anonymous donor donate the stockings this year, which, I mean, it's huge for us. It was a member of our temple, but they uh, they donated that so we could keep things kind of business as usual. Um, we're also, so you get to come in, see Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. While you wait, there'll be uh, guys tying balloons, probably me. But uh, <laughs> You're a man of multiple talents. You got to be, man. When you're a clown, you, you, can't, <laughs> you can't just stop at one. I'm still working on a unicycle, but. <laughs> kind of old but uh no and then uh caliph clowns will be there and all the uniformed units so when we say uniformed units we're talking about the uh, primarily the sheridan area guys which is the horse patrol the oriental band the director's staff and the caliph clowns the, the four of those together make the uniformed units and that's who puts on this function it's not in in historically in years past the caliph clowns first started this but they were, you know, it was a half a dozen guys, and we were serving 50 to 100 kids at that time. 
over the t time span that we've been doing this, this thing grew out of the capability of the Caliph Clowns at the time, and that's when the uniform units stepped in and gave us more manpower, a little bit more funding to be able to hold this event. We don't charge anybody for anything. I mean, you get the toy, the stocking, get to see Santa, the balloon tying. Um, we also provide uh, hot dogs and chips. Uh, Coca-Cola uh, will donate the sodas for drinks and everything every year. We invite everybody to come down, have a good time, stick around, and just enjoy it. I mean, it's a great way to get a people into our building, too. A lot of people yeah. don't know. You know, they see that building and see the Shriners Temple, and they think our doors are closed, and it's really they're not, man. Our doors are way open to the public, and we love to have people come in and enjoy it. So. And I love to hear you say that because, you know, even, like, growing up, seeing the shrine, that was, you know— Shrine is a big word. That's that's the shrine. It's the temple. You don't go in there and 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 misbehave or anything. It's it's some place that needs to be respected. And I think I think the majority of individuals haven't walked through the door just for that reason. You know, they just wanted to respect the shriners and what they do up there. Yeah, and I mean, and part of that could be on us too, is we kind of kept our doors closed for a long time, and it was part of the secrecy or the mystique of it all. Right, so, right. I mean, we like we've talked before, Shriners wouldn't exist without first being Freemasons or Masons, and Masons are a bit more of a secret society, if you will, and are I mean, they're not as open to the public. Where the Shrine, we are. This is our public face. We like to be in the public. We like people to know that we exist and. I mean, and know what our cause is too, you know. So and so, having individuals walk up to you, say like at a parade or, or an event, and and talk to you about this organization is encouraged. Yeah, definitely encouraged. I mean, um, and I've said it before, you know, to be one, ask one, and that's that's the first step is taking that step and just ask questions. And I mean, in in my opinion, in the years I've done this, the more we're in the community and the more that we're in the public's face, if you will. Um, it, they see us, yeah. whether it's good, a negative or a positive. I mean, we're at least being noticed. We're at least being seen, love us or hate us. I mean, it is what it is, but I mean, it's, no one's going to learn anything or ask questions unless they know where he exists. Mm -hmm. And they see you around the community Yeah, and, and you know, and I, I think Bill, you can probably testify to this. Once somebody knows you're a Shriner within the community, I mean, we don't live in a big metropolitan area. Do a lot of like friends and relatives ask you about the organization and conversationally? Oh yeah, we do. Uh, especially relatives, you know, they, they, they ask a lot of questions. Um, what's really interesting about being a Shriner though, is, um, when we're out in public, and having uh, people come up to you who have had a relative or, or a friend or somebody that they knew that were in our hospitals, yeah, and have them talk to you about yeah. that, and it, it, it kind of brings a tear to your eye just listening to their stories. And you know, and Joe, you talked a little bit about how that, <clears throat> as a member, is really life changing to walk into those hospitals and uh, speak with those brave kids who were facing. Uh, circumstances that many of us can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, those, it, well, like I said before, man, it makes it all worth it. I yeah. Mean, hours and hours of volunteer work and, I mean, fundraising, and sometimes you wonder why we do it. I don't know how many thousands of dollars me and Bill individually have spent on raffle tickets, fundraisers and stuff, and never gotten anything back out of it. But then you do, you go, you don't even necessarily know you go to the hospital. You meet just one Shriner's child or one Shriner's kid, that's benefited from our programs and whatnot. And I mean, it, it really makes it a lot. 
Every drop of sweat was worth it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, for sure, man. I mean, sometimes I wonder why I do this, but that's a pretty good reminder why. Absolutely. Bill, if you were to, if, if a young man or young woman were to sit in front of you and say, why should I consider uh, your organization above others? What would you tell them? Why, why they to be a member? You talk yeah, about yeah. to be a member. I just think it's it's a great organization. Uh, to be, you have to become a Mason first, and and becoming a Mason, our our whole idea is to take a good man and make him better. Yeah, it, it is a men's organization. Uh, so I just I just think that uh, that uh, it's it's just just the uh, a great thing to. To do to the fellowship together, the fellowship together with uh, with other people with uh, kind of like minded. Yeah, I think you know uh, individuals out there who maybe had a fraternity or served in the U.S. military. I think understand that idea of something bigger. You know, you you remove a little bit of the individual and and you become a bigger organism mm-hmm. that can accomplish so much more. Uh, and, and in doing so, it does. It makes you a better person because we all kind of hold each other accountable for our actions. And I think that's a good thing in many, many cases. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. I, I don't know. And I can, I'll speak more as far as the Caleb Clowns. I mean, I've put these guys through some stuff in my time <laughs> with the Clowns. I mean, when I first joined, we were kind of on our last leg. We were cashed in our last stock, and we were kind of running out of money, and it was – a huge turnaround to get these guys, get them active. And I mean, at that point in time, I was the youngest clown by yeah. far. I mean, by like 35 years. Oh, I mean, wow. These guys, and the guys that were older than me, my the seniors, I mean, they were, they, these were guys that put in a lot of work over a lot of years. I mean, he's no longer with us, but Al Badgett, that guy was 100%. He loved the shrine. He loved his clowns. I mean, it, everything he did was for that organization. And he was just, he was old. He was tired. I mean, so to get to get younger blood and more guys back interested into it. And I mean, since I've been with the clowns, I've gotten Bill active. I made Bill go to Seattle and compete in clown competitions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and we've done a lot in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. And I mean, and we're still, we're not done yet. We're still moving. We're still building. We got, we got some more plans coming up. So. Absolutely. And one of those plans is this Christmas party. Tell me when and where I can attend this. So it'll be this Saturday, December 3rd. We're going to have it and we'll open the doors at 9 a.m. And we'll run it to at least two. If we still have kids waiting to see Santa, we'll run, we're going to run it past two. Absolutely. But typically by about two o'clock, it kind of peters out. And like I say, we'll have, we're going to provide a, uh, the hot dogs and chips and then the toys, stockings, all that, as long as supplies last. I mean, we're pretty well stocked up, but you never know. We might, it might just be crazy. So, and it'll be uh, at the Caliph Temple, 145 West Lauk Street. It's pretty hard to miss. And um, actually, I got to go down today and probably put the banner out. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, Bill, thank you both so much for coming in. I hope this Christmas party is busy. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. wish you could smell this ad deal. Because if you could, you'd be smelling McDonald's fries right now. And they smell like McDonald's fries. Enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like six-piece Chicken McNuggets, Hot and Spicy McChicken, or McDouble, each paired with small fries. And add in any size Coke or sweet tea.
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. The holiday season is here. Watch for your family dollar flyer in this week's Country Bounty for seasonal must-haves. Get in the holiday spirit with delightful deals on festive home decor, cozy apparel for the whole family, and the hottest toys of the season. There's no place like Family Dollar for holiday fun and savings. When it comes to finding great items at incredible savings, Family Dollar has got you covered. On the go, check out their e-flyer at sharedinmedia.com. Family Dollar, your one-stop shop. Shop for the holidays. Begin your holiday season with a visit to the Kendrick Mansion's annual holiday open house. Join us December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th from 4 to 7 p.m. Listen to live music, visit with Father Christmas, and taste the figgy pudding. This is a family-friendly event at just $4 per adult with free admission for children. The Kendrick Mansion is located at Trail End State Historic Site in Sheridan. For more information and the full performance schedule, visit trailend.org or call 307-674-4589. Shop for everyone on your list and save with the Sportsman's Warehouse Sale Flyer in this week's Country Bounty. Save up to 25% on camping brands like Big Agnes and Mountain Hardware. Gear up for fishing and save up to 45% on brands like Orvis, P-Line, and Lose Fishing. Save up to $400 on cooking brands like Traeger, Camp Chef, Lodge, and more. Check out the flyer, make your list, and head to Sportsman's Warehouse where they always guarantee lowest prices or they'll beat it. Open seven days a week on Brundage Lane in Sheridan. This is another Christmas wish we'll be sharing with you this year. As in years past, all wishes are edited to respect the privacy of the recipient. Dear Christmas wish, my wish this year is for a single mother who is the most hardworking person I know. Soon after buying a house, her husband left her and her children, taking most of their earnings with him. The home was meant for two-income family and has created a situation where she is barely able to turn the heat on. When her daughter was asked what she wanted for Christmas, she said she isn't making a list or asking for anything because she doesn't want to make her mom feel bad. This family deserves help. If you'd like to donate to the Christmas Wish program, visit sharedmedia.com, click on our Christmas Wish banner, and if you could donate, that would be awesome. Thank you to our community partners, Alice Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, Wyoming Corporate Office, and Odell Construction. Thank you. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-O! 